restful. These are the promises of God. And the children of Israel are getting ready to enter into the Canaan land, the promised land, and they're on the brink of it, looking into it. But we got to remind ourselves that God is going to walk with us. And we got to walk with God, but he's walking with us in a direction. God is taking us into his will for our lives. God is taking us to his will for our lives, not necessarily where we want to go, but God wants to walk with us where he wants us to be. And so he's walking with us for his will for our lives. Major point number one that I want to bring out today is that hearing God precedes walking with God. Hearing God precedes walking with God. Listen to this. See, Joshua was tending to what he was tending to. And in the first verse, the Bible says that God spoke to Joshua. So God started a conversation with him. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now get up, arise, and take these people over the Jordan. So in other words, God is the one who initiated the conversation. And so when God starts a conversation, you know it's time for something to happen. The people were mourning Moses, but people were mourning his death, and, and that's where they were in a season of mourning. But then God's voice spoke, and he says, Joshua, get up, because it's time to move. And we got to realize, sometimes it's time to stop mourning and time to start moving. And this is what he tells them. He says, most of my servant is dead. The time for mourning is not over. Now we got to get moving. John chapter 10, 27 says this, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. In other words, my sheep, my people, they hear me, right? They, they, they hear my voice. I know them, and they what? They follow me. It's like when you, when you were in the pool when you were younger, or even now you play Marco Polo, they say. Your eyes are supposed to be closed, supposed to be closed, right? And so <laughs> somebody says, Marco, and then you say, Polo, right? But when you hear Marco, you know where you need to go. This is what God said, as a shepherd, I can lead my people with my voice. My, sh my sheep hear me. They hear me. They know my voice, and they what? They follow. They begin moving. They begin walking to my voice and what I'm commanding them to do. Hebrews 3 and 7 says this, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you will hear my voice, do not harden your hearts as in, in the rebellion, in the days of trial in the wilderness. And so this generation is looking into the promised land, but God is talking about the generation that actually heard my voice, but refused to do what I said. Amen. See, sometimes we try to act like we don't hear God. Come on here, I raise my hand, I'm guilty, right? Act like we didn't hear God, but we know we hear him. We're just choosing in our heart to rebel against what he said. We know we can hear his voice. And what God really wants to bring out today for us is that we got to be confident in our ability to hear God's voice. As believers moving into this assignment, we got to be confident that we can hear from God. Shout, I can hear from God. So we got to have confidence. Many times believers say, how do I know if I'm hearing from God? But if we're his, he just said, my sheep know my voice and they hear me. And we often raise a hand that we hear him and sometimes we don't want to obey. But we got to have confidence in, season, in this season that we can hear from God. We heard God for salvation, did we not? We heard God when he called us in and said, I need you to surrender your life to me. I am Lord. We heard him and he has salvation. So just like we heard God for salvation, we can hear God for sanctification. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That we can hear God about how he can develop us and how he can transform us from the inside out. And if we heard God for salvation, we can hear God for sanctification. We can also hear God for direction. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That God can speak to us and give us direction for our life. We can hear from God. Shout, I can hear God. Listen, we can know we can hear God several ways. A, if it's biblical, 
God can be talking to you. If it's in the word, he's talking. So if it's, trust me, if it's written in his word, he's definitely talking. So when we open up our Bibles, we can read the word. We know it's God. We know it's God when he's moving us towards righteousness. Satan's never going to speak to you towards righteousness. Your flesh is never going to tell you to be righteous. The Bible tells us there's no good thing in this flesh. There's nothing our flesh ever going to tell us to do to be righteous. But when you hear a righteous word, when you hear it say, you need to watch what you're saying, that's God. You hear what I'm saying? When you need to watch your attitude because your attitude matters, that, that, that's God speaking to you. Come on here. When you hear somebody saying the words that are about to come out your mouth are not true and you need to tell the truth, that's God. See, See we can can hear God. When it's biblical, when it's righteous, we know that God is talking. Third way is when we, when we know that it requires faith in God, that's God. See, see, when God's talking, he's not always going to give us a little pity patty stuff that we can do very easily. See, Pastor David used to say this, if, if you got money for the loaf of bread in your pocket, you don't need faith. <laughs> Right? But when, when you don't have it, and, and God's calling you to get it, you're going to need some faith. And that's how God works. God's going to put stuff out there that he wants you to do that you can't do by yourself. See, that's why you got to depend on God and rely on God. And so if it's righteous, if it's biblical, and it's going to require some faith in God, God is talking. Final thing that I want to say here is that when, when God, when something is being spoken that is not going to bless you, but it's going to bless somebody else, God is talking. See, see, too many times we, we just want stuff that's going to bless me. This about me. See what I'm saying? I'm going to get mine and I'm going to do mine. But, but God, when he starts talking, it's not just to bless you, but it's to bless somebody else. And when God is speaking to do something or, or, or operate in a way that's going to bless somebody else, guess what? God is talking. Come on, we can hear God. Somebody shout, I can hear God. And when we hear God, it's time to start walking. Point here, assignment. Our assignment is this, to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom to a new generation. And we talked about in 2020, we're moving forward and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom to a new generation. And we've got to remind ourselves that we must be concerned about a new generation. We have to be concerned about a new generation. In our text in verse 10, Joshua begins to go to the leaders of the people, and he says, prepare yourself, because in three days we're getting ready to go over this Jordan. But then I want to jump to the next verses, because he speaks to the two and a half tribes. He speaks to the tribes of Reuben, he speaks to the tribe of Gad, and he speaks to the half tribe of Manasseh. And he says this, listen, Moses promised you this land. See, the children of Israel were facing the Jordan, right? But before they got to the Jordan, God gave them a demonstration. He said, what I'm about to do, I'm going to show you. There's two kings that have been a thorn in your side, right? You're going to kill those kings and take their land. And so what he did, King Og killed them, took his land. King Sion killed them, took his land. So he said, see, I've told you, you can do this. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to kill these kings in your promised land. You're going to wipe everybody out, and it's going to be your land. And I'm proving myself to you because I just did it twice. Are you, you hear what I'm saying? It's like, it's like a model home. You know when the new community is being built? It's the model home. You don't see the homes built, but they show you the one model, right? And so you buy the house because you've seen the model. Are you following? <laughs> You buy the house because you've seen the model. But the thing is, whoever buys the model home can't move into the model home until the other homes are built. 
Are, are you watching? Are you seeing that? See, see, in 2020, moving in this assignment, we can't have people who are content with where they are. You see, people who've seen the model home and just, and just want to stay with the model. Come on, come on and hear somebody. This is the conversation. This is what he's asked, you see, because Joshua had to have a courageous conversation. Major point number two, walking with God requires courageous conversations. <laughs> walking with God requires courageous conversations. An assignment requires courage, but there's no courage demonstrated without an assignment. He had to have courageous conversation. He says this. He said, listen, I know Moses promised you the, 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 the model, this model land, and you can have it. But guess what? All you men that can war, y'all going to have to go to war because your brothers haven't gotten theirs yet. See, their homes haven't been built yet. You follow? And so, actually, I'm going to put y'all on the front line. And y'all going to have to go over and help your brothers fight until they get theirs. And then after they get theirs, then you can come back and enjoy yours. But, but you're not going to sit there in yours while your brother <laughs> struggles to go get theirs. You see, just because you got your degree and you're doing fine, see, you just can't sit down and watch everybody else struggle while you enjoy your. Are you, are you kind of following what, what, what he's saying? See, you just, you just can't sit here and not be concerned about another generation because you got yours. <laughs> Come on here. It's not even just about the older people. It's about even some of us younger people. So we're doing good. We got ours, but we see people struggling, right? Our brothers still haven't gotten theirs, and we've got to be able to help. He said, you got to be on the front line and go help them get theirs. So fight for them. I need to say this because it's very important for us moving forward. And, and it's back in this time, see, it was only the men who went to war. That's why he said, and your women, your wives, and your children, and your livestock can stay here in the land, but you men have got to go to war. And, and it's still true that men have to go to war. See, in 2020, you know, we live in a world where women can do everything men can do. And I'm not trying to, to address business issues and all of that. But I'm here to say that men are still relevant. Come on in here. And men still must war. Men, we got a war in prayer. Come on, brothers. We got a war in prayer. Mama just can't pray, but men have got to get on their knees and be going before God in prayer on behalf of their families. Men got a war in the word. Come on, brothers. We just can't send our wives and children to Sunday school or Bible study, but we got to be engaged in the word for ourselves. Men got a war in worship. Worship and praise is not a feminine thing. Even though sometimes it has a feminine bend, I'm going to be honest with you. But men have still got to worship and, and praise God for ourselves. We've got to still war in the spirit. Praise is still a weapon that men have got to pick up and utilize to see things happen, to see the assignment of the kingdom. Are you hearing me? 
Men have to war as bus drivers for the church. Come on, somebody. Men have got to war in children's church and helping with children's church. Men still got a war on the usher board. Come on, can I talk to somebody? Men have still got to war in the choir box. Can I speak to somebody? Wherever there's ministry that's going to take place, men have still got to be at war. This ain't a sister's thing. Come on, somebody. Where just a man talks on the pulpit, but the sisters do all the work in the church. No, no, no. See, men have got to pick up the arms and start to war. War in prayer. War in the Word. War in the children's classrooms. War as Bible study teachers. War as bus drivers. Men have got to war. You're not going to take over. The generation's not going to get to where it's got to go with no men. Men have got to be on the front. Men got to pick up a rifle. Men got to pick it up and start warring. Pastor Tony can't be in a meeting by himself with nine women. That has to change. Come on here, somebody. There's got to be some men warring. Yes, we got to move tables, but we got to move spirits too, and men have got to war. But we can't be content with ours. Our Escalade, I got you, but I need you warring. The demo model looks good, but, but your brothers have got to be able to get theirs, and we all got to go to war. Just like he gave you, as he says, just like he gave you, he going to give them, but we got to be there. So that means we got to have some courageous conversations. I said uh, assignment and going to walking with God requires courageous conversations. We first got to have courageous conversations with our own self. Come on in here. Sometimes we don't go because it's ourselves. We got to look at ourselves and say, yo, self-esteem has been a problem for me. I, you don't got to raise your hand, but we got to talk to some people. You got to say, going forward, self-esteem is not going to be my issue. Come on, I'm not going to let myself and my view of myself stop me from getting what God has for me. I'm going to have to get my Bible and get a little mirror and sit in front of my mirror and say, self, self-esteem is not going to hold me back in 2020, 2021, or 2022. No more. It ain't going to work no more. I got, we got to change some things. Some of us, are, we were sabotaging every relationship we get into. Come on in here, somebody. Relationship going good, and we find a way to screw it up. Am I talking to somebody? Because we want to sabotage that. We got to say to ourselves, no more. When people cut, God sends people into my life, I'm not going to scare them off. I'm not going to run them off. I'm not going to fight them off. I'm not going to cuss them off. I'm not going to do any of those things, but I'm going to receive what God has for me. And we got to tell ourselves, self, you ain't going to do that this year. Self, you're not going to take that into this decade because we got to have some courageous conversations with our own self. Come on in here. Some of us, we, we know what we want to do. We desire to do it, but we keep talking ourselves out of doing what we know we ought to do. But that's in the past. That's 2019. That ain't 2020. Moving forth, but I'm on assignment. If I'm on assignment, I got to have some courageous conversations with myself. I'm not going to talk myself out of what I know I need to do. 
Some of us, we lazy. Come on in here. The reason it ain't happened because we just too lazy. We, we too lazy to get up. We too lazy to sign up. We too lazy to get in the car and go to where. Come on, in 2020, we can't do that. We got to have a conversation with ourselves. Self, you lazy. Look right, literally, get in front of a mirror and say, self, you have been lazy. But that's got to change. We got to do some things different if we're going to get to where God is taking us to go. Come on, self. We got to have some courageous conversations in our families. Am I talking to somebody? The way we've been talking to each other, listen, it's not going to work. See, we, we got to stop calling each other out of our names. Come on in here. We got to stop the silent treatment in the home. See, this not going to work. That, that's old stuff. That ain't going to work. And that's going to be a tough conversation because people don't want to hear that all the time. See, I want to throw stuff at you and call you what I want to call you when I want to call you. But you got to have some courageous conversation. Well, you know what? We can't do that anymore because God is taking us to a place. God's trying to do something in our lives, not just for our glory, but the glory of somebody else. And they can't walk in here seeing broken vases because you don't throw 10 things at me and, and me cussing you out. Then we say, hi, praise the Lord. How you doing? Ain't no anointing on you. Ain't no grace on your life because you've been fighting like cats and dogs all night long talking about we go. Come on in here, somebody. We got to have some courageous conversations that this right here must stop. We got to have some courageous conversations. I know we got to eat out every once in a while, but we can't eat out four times a week. Come on in here. Kids might not like that. <laughs> Come on. Come on now. You got to have those courageous conversations. Listen, your grades are mediocre. Listen, you can't play video games or watch TV all week. You're going to focus on your schoolwork. Come on in here. You think your kids going to like that? No, they're not going to like that. But you're going to have to have some courageous conversations because that's what they need. They're too distracted, wasting a whole bunch of time on a bunch of nothing. Unless you're the best in the world, going to get a full scholarship, you need to get in the room and do your homework. Read that. Do that math. Read that English. Study that history. But you ain't going to do all this during the week, and then you come back where well, I did the best I could. You got straight D's. No, you didn't do the best you could. You didn't put the time in. You need to put the time in to do better. You're going to have to have some courageous conversation. I don't care how you squirm and how you dance and how much you throw a fit. I'm going to whip your behind, set you right back in your place, and you're going to do exactly what I call for you to do. You're going to have to have some courageous Walking with God requires courageous conversation. Even in our ministries, we got to have some courageous conversation. Service starts at 1055. You can't get here at 1050. Come on in here, somebody. You, 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 you got to have courageous conversations. Getting the assignment done is going to look like that. People go... Who the, who the, no, no, it's 2020. That, that's old. We got a generation. We got to get to where they're going. and That's not going to work. It ain't going to work. It's not. You're not prepared. Stop coming to class not prepared to teach. You knew you was going to teach. I'm not pointing anybody out. I'm just talking real stuff that we got to understand. Some of this stuff is broken. It's not going to work. We got to have courageous conversations. If we're going to get to where we got to go, we got to do what we got to do. Courageous conversation. If we're going to get to walking with God, walking with God requires courageous conversations. He tells them, listen, everybody going to fight. And so picture there, looking at the promise, 
because they're going to cross the Jordan. And remember, they came out of Egypt, they crossed the Red Sea. And crossing the Red Sea represents coming out of sin. It's that point like when you crossed in and got saved. But I just love to remind myself that it took a miracle to save me. <laughs> Anybody re like to reflect on that? It took a miracle to save me. Literally, Jesus had to get on a cross, take, become sin for me, die and come up out the, uh, of the grave in three days in order for me to be saved. That's a miracle. It took a miracle to save me. And the people saw a miracle. The Bible says Moses lifted up his rod and the people came and Pharaoh was hot on their back. And then the Bible says that once the people of God got through, the waters went back together and Pharaoh's army was drowned and the people were delivered by a miracle. They were baptized into Moses. Then the Bible says that the people left out of Egypt and they were now in this place called the wilderness right? They were in this place called the wilderness, and it's the space between where we come out of sin and then start entering into the promised land. The Bible said, but while they were in the wilderness, they begin to complain. Somebody say complain. They begin to doubt God and not begin to trust God, and God was not pleased with them, so he caused them to die in the wilderness. My major point here is that intentionally going back is not an option or a desire. You see, see, we got to understand that we're not going back. That, that, see, see, when the Red Sea went back together, that door was closed. Come on, somebody. That means you're not going back. It was never intended for you to go back. We don't have to try to come up with some type of miracle to take us back to where we were. Because we're not designed to go back. We're designed to actually go forward. And the children of Israel wanted to go back. And God said, y'all, y'all getting on my, y'all, this not going to happen. So he just let them wander in the desert for 40 years until they died off. Until there was a new generation that was ready to take over and go into what God had promised for them. Are you hearing? So people may not literally die, but if you don't want to go to God, then you're just wandering in the desert. You're just wandering in the wilderness, and God may keep you, but you ain't going anywhere. He's looking for a generation that's looking forward to go into the promises of God. And so their Bible says that they're at the brink of the Jordan in, in, in the model home, the model land. They're looking at it to go into it. Crossing the Jordan represents entering new life. Or entering into the promises of God. Because the Jordan was life-giving. We can go back very quickly in Scripture when Naaman was a, a king who had leprosy. And he came to, to, to get healed of his leprosy. And, and the prophet told him to go dip seven times in what? Into the Jordan. He told him why, and he didn't want to do it. But eventually when he did it, the Bible says that he came up and his skin was like a baby. His skin was made brand new. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what the Jordan represents. The Jordan, and Elijah and Elisha, both prophets, they, they, they took their mantle and struck the Jordan, and the Jordan parted, and they walked in and walked out. That represents newness of life. Even our own Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, guess what? He was baptized where? In the Jordan. He went down into the Jordan, and he came up and gave us new life. Now, not symbolically, but for real, for real new life. When he walked out of that Jordan, he walked us into the promised land. He took us into new life. He gave us new life. That's what the Jordan represents. It represents new life. But the, the, the thing here is that the Jordan is also a barrier. Somebody say barrier. See, because it was a body of water that they had to cross. It's one thing to be saved it's another thing to be walking with God and his promises. 
See, this is what it's saying. It's that I'm saved already, but I got to cross this Jordan in order to really walk into the promises of God. It's one thing to be saved. I know Jesus, right? And I believe I'm going to heaven. But you can know Jesus and believe you're going to heaven and not have any power here on earth. Right? And not really see demonstration of the kingdom of God here on earth. And we'll bury you and we'll say in the sweet by and by, but do you have any power here on earth? Is there any demonstration that God is in you here on earth? Can you move some demons out your house here on earth? Can you possess the promises of God here on earth? Can you experience rest here on earth? See what I'm saying? But you got to cross this Jordan in order to be able to do that. But the Jordan can be intimidating because its waters can run high and, and it can go down. And you got to say, how am I going to get over this Jordan? But the thing is, in chapter 3, God tells him this. He says that you will know I am with you when I take you through this Jordan. See, some of us, we got to know what our Jordan is. We have a Jordan. Some of us are fear, fearful of being different. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? If I start walking with God and the promises of God, I'm going to be different. You see what I'm saying? And so when my boy's cheating on his girlfriend, right, and he calls me and tells me to cover for him, you see what I'm saying? I can't cover for you no more. Oh, come on and hear somebody. See, see but, but am I willing to go through that? Am I willing to? Come on, man. You've been covering me for years. No, I can't do that no more. Am I willing to be? Come on. Am I willing to be different? Am I willing to stand out? <laughs> if I start walking with God and doing the things of God, will I have time to do some of the things that I want to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Would I have time to go where I want to go? Well, maybe not, but are you willing to do it and cross that Jordan? If I start walking with God and start honoring him with my tithes and my offering, would I have the resources to do what I want to do? Well, come on in here, somebody. But I got to begin to trust God and cross this Jordan. We've got to cross the Jordan to experience the things that God has for us. Some of us, our Jordan is our past. We don't, we're, we're still stuck in the past. We're, we're still stuck with the person that we used to be. Come on, somebody. You know, I, I'm afraid that my past may come up and bite me, and I can't be trusted as I move forward in the things of God. I've been celibate now for a couple of months, but I'm trying to get to a couple of years, or at least until I'm married, but what, do I even trust myself to be able to make that time? So if I stand for God and say, I'm standing for God, and then all of a sudden I slip, well, I don't want to do that and be a hypocrite, so I just stay here. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to cross the Jordan. I'm not, I'm not going to set myself up for failure. I don't want to look like a hypocrite. But guys, that's not a hypocrite. That's somebody pressing on the upward way. We all slip sometimes, but you got to have a drive and a purpose to get to where you want to go. You got you to cross the Jordan. <laughs> we got to understand to get to the other side. It's like sometimes when you're in a building, you know, a corporate building, and you walk into the, you're going to walk to the bathroom, and it's dark in the bathroom. See, it's dark in the bathroom because nobody's been in there for a while, and the light went off. You see what I'm saying? But as soon as you walk in, boom, the light comes on. See, see, that's how it is sometimes when we're walking with God. See, we don't see the power until we start moving into it. See. See, just because it's been dark for somebody else because ain't nobody been there in a while <laughs> doesn't mean God has lost his power. See, some of us, we're not going to realize that God is with us until we start walking into something. See, it's not going to change before we get there. We want the presto change and it's already changed, and then we'll move. No, God said, you got to start moving and trust me in this thing and watch me light. Watch the light come on for you. Watch the power overtake you as you're beginning to move. You got to start crossing the Jordan. The Jordan's not going to part for you. 
you. You see, the Red Sea parted for them, and all they had to do was walk through. And this time, that they had to start walking in the Jordan before the water started to rise, before the water started to part. And we got to realize that the water may get up to our neck, but we don't got to panic. We got to realize that it's going to happen. God's going to make it happen for us, but we got to start walking through the Jordan. It's a faith walk. Walking with God is walking by faith. We're not always going to see it, but we got to believe that God is in control and that he's going to do what he said he's going to do and that he's a faithful God and he's no short of his word. And if he promised that he can deliver, he said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. Walking with God. Here it is. Y'all going to be excited because I'm just about done. Watch this. He tells them, Y'all going over here. And what stood out to me, it's his captures. He tells them in verse 10, he says, listen, prepare yourself. I'm going to talk about that more next week. But he says, prepare yourself for in three days, you're going to cross this Jordan. When I go back to verses 1 through 10, 1 through 9, I never heard God tell him three days. Where did he get three days from? <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't know where he got three days. But all he said is three days from now, we can ready to move. <laughs> three days. If somebody tells you you get ready to move in three days, come on in here. You get ready to move in three days. <laughs> Prepare your stuff, get your stuff. <laughs> because we get ready to move in three days. What I'm hearing God really tell us is that the commitment to cross over this Jordan has to be settled in our heart because we get ready to move. And, and, and the time in which we're moving is not going to be long. It, it's, it's, we're, many of us are used to moving at a slow pace. <laughs> see, see, but I, I want to say this before, understanding that slow is not better than fast. And fast is not better than slow, okay? Being still is not a bad thing, but it's not better than being active. And being active is not a bad thing, but it's not better than being still. You just have to know what to do and which season it is to do it. And what I'm hearing God really telling us is that we got to not get a sense of urgency about ourselves because we were coming out of a season where things may have been a little bit slow. See, where we were kind of maybe walking around in some circles and some things, right, and and going like this in a circle, but now God is pointing very specifically that we got a very clear direction in which we need to go. And not that we couldn't see it before, but now that we know it's for it, now it's time. And so now it's time to move into the assignment of God that has for your life. You're going to have to pick up the pace. (laughs) So we don't got all day to to start making forward to what we got to do. See, this don't have to take 50 years in order for things to transform. Things can transform a lot faster than we think, but we got to be determined in our heart that we get ready to move. That's why he told me, you got three days. Get your stuff ready because in three days. And I'm here to tell you that it's about to happen for you, even in your individual life, it's about to happen. But you can't pussyfoot around and dragging your feet and not getting serious about it, but you got to start getting provision for what God's going to do because this thing 
is about to happen. You're about to cross over into some things that you've been dreaming and praying about for many, many years. It's about to happen for you. I'm telling you right now, I know what I'm talking about because right now I'm the senior pastor of this church. I saw this a number of years ago, but I didn't know when it was going to happen. But guess what? It happened. And I woke up January 1st and it happened. Stuff will begin to happen. And what's about to come in your life is right upon your doorstep. And I'm telling you now, don't drag your feet. You're going to have to pick up the pace. God is already moving ahead of you. Just like that little Addison girl started moving ahead. You better realize that I got to pick up the pace. I can't drag behind at my old pace. I can't move slow at my old pace. The mental pace of my mind's got to pick up. My mind used to go slow, but I got to pick up the pace. My spirit used to be very slow and taking time, but there was nothing wrong with that in its season. But it's a new season. And God is saying we got to pick up the pace. Pick up the pace in how you think. Pick up the pace in how you process. Pick up the pace in your courageous conversations. Pick up the pace in walking with God. Yeah, we got to pick up the pace. It don't have to take forever. And yes, the manifestation may take years, but we can start to see the goodness of the Lord right now and we start to pick up the pace because as we start to move, the walls begin to separate. As we start to move, the waters begin to part and we can see the goodness of God right where we are. It may take 15 years to see the manifestation of it, but in year one, I want to see some goodness. In year one, I want to experience some grace. In year one, I want to see some favor. In year one, I want to see some change. In year one, I want to see some revitalization. In year one, I want to see some life. Where there was death, I want to see spirit. Where there was brokenness, I want to see made whole. Where there was not a lot, there's more than enough. We can begin to experience that, but you got to pick up the pace. Pick up the pace in your worship. Pick up the pace in your praise. Pick up your praise in your hallelujah. Pick up the praise in your thank you, Jesus. Pick up the pace in God, you're worthy. Pick up the pace in glory to God. Pick up the place in all things. Pick up the pace. Pick up the pace in your Bible study. Pick up your pace in your prayer life. Pick up the pace. Somebody better pick this thing up. Pick it up in your adoration. Pick it up in your worship. Pick it up. Pick it up with your intimacy. Pick up the pace. Pick up the pace. Pick up the pace. the faith. Walk with God. He's moving a bit faster, but it's still God. It's a pace a little bit more for me, but it's still God. He's not going to move faster than you can walk. If he's moving at that speed, you can walk at that speed. Trust him in this thing. Pick up the pace. Yeah, glory, glory. Pick it up. 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 My God, pick it up. Pick it up. Spiritually, pick it up. Pick it up. Woo! 
give you a second wind. Pick it up. He gave you time. Now pick it up. He gave you rest. Now pick it up. Church, I'm telling you, if you pick it up, the impossible becomes possible. When you pick it up, what you thought may never happen happens. When you pick it up, just see God and pick it up. Thank you, Jesus. There's a sense of urgency in the atmosphere. And we're picking up the pace. God is in control. And I'm running out of time, but I just want to close on a couple of things. I want to pray. I hear in my spirit, I just want to pray. For a couple of things. Some of you know, and, her, and God has continued to speak, that you need to have some courageous conversations. I want to pray for you right now that they get done. That you don't drag your feet. That you don't drag your feet. Do you trust God in having those conversations you need to have? And watch God work in the name of Jesus. No fear in having those conversations. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus to whoever you're ministering to right now in Jesus' name in this area. God, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you'll give them the words to speak. God, as they meditate, God, on you, oh God, and hear you and stay tuned to your voice, that you'll allow them to have the courageous conversations that they need to have right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you that you'll work it out in the name of Jesus. Clear the atmosphere, God. Work every demonic force that would try to stop it and hinder it and bring negativity 
and break destruction. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And I speak that your will would be done right now in Jesus' name in those relationships. Oh God, right now in the name of Jesus, I bless you forward, oh God. You can do it in this season. You're doing it in this season, oh God. And I thank you, God. And we receive it. We receive it by faith. We receive it by faith that it is done in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen and amen.